to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in His Word, and that you're really studying and kind of getting deep into kind of some of the teachings that are going on here. Again, if you have any questions or need any help, feel free to drop me an email at Path to Redemption Ohio at gmail.com. So we're going to continue on in understanding iniquity and the death of self here. And we kind of talked last week about the four points of the cross, but I also think that there's an important aspect that you have to understand about what the cross actually was to Christ and what it looked like for Christ in that, in that time, you know, and we're going to take a look and a deep dive about the, the cup of the Lord and what the cup means and how there's different parts to the cup and, and all of these things, because it's important that we understand exactly what it was and, and and what he accomplished particularly and how it's a picture of what God does in us. And we're just going to look at one aspect of what he accomplished on the cross because remember, on the cross, what did he say? He yelled as a lion of the tribe of Judah. He yelled, it is finished. You know, the Bible doesn't say whether he whispered. The Bible doesn't say whether he just said it. But I truly believe that he yelled, it is finished because the cross is the culmination of the plan that was set forth from the very foundations of a of the earth to allow Christ to be crucified for our debts, for our sins, and be resurrected on the third day into the glorification and into the glorified Christ. So understanding that was the culmination of everything of God and the whole plan of God, I truly believe that the line of the tribe of Judah roared before he gave up the ghost and yelled, it is finished. Amen. But again, you know, we're going to kind of continue into the, to that understanding and we're going to continue to press forward into this knowledge. So again, don't take my word for any of this. I want you to study to show yourself approved. We're getting into some deeper things here, some things that aren't going to be taught in churches, some things that are that aren't you're not going to hear preached. But I want you to study for yourselves. I want you to dive into Scripture. I want you to prayerfully consider what God is telling you and what the teaching is. And if you don't believe it, you don't have to accept it. That's completely fine. That's between you and God, and that's your choice. You know, but you know, if you do accept it and you do want a little bit of of additional help, feel free to drop me an email: path to redemption Ohio at gmail. I am here to help. But I can honestly tell you that everything I teach, I honestly believe myself and I apply to my life because I truly believe that you got to practice what you preach. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite and the greatest of all hypocrites if I do that. How can I preach one thing and do another? So there are plenty of witnesses in my life that can tell you that I literally walk everything that I preach. And the, the whole point of that is to make sure that God is keeping me honest and that honestly, I'm not holding anyone else accountable to anything that I wouldn't be held accountable. And I think that's the the true mark of what it means to to walk with God and to have, to bear that responsibility as a minister. But regardless of all of that, again, uh, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to give me a note at pastorredemptionohio at gmail.com. So like I said, tonight we're going to be looking at the cup of the Lord. So our main scripture is going to come from the book of Matthew and chapter 20, and we're going to start at verse 17. So Matthew chapter 20, starting at verse 17, this is what the Bible says. It says, now Jesus going up to Jerusalem, took the 12 disciples aside on the road and said to them, behold, we are going to Jerusalem and the son of man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify. And the third day he will rise again. 
So pretty clear what Jesus is telling the disciples here. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons kneeling down and asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your right hand and on the other the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink from the cup I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? They said to him, we are able. And this is what Jesus said. And he said, so he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and my left is not mine to give, but it is for those whom it is prepared by my father. So I want to kind of kind of take a look back here. Okay, so clearly Jesus is talking about him going to Jerusalem. He's about to be crucified. He knows at the moment he sets foot in Jerusalem, he's not going to step out of it until until he's crucified. So he knows what's going on. And then the mother of James and John end up coming up and asked the, and asked Jesus, you know, can one sit on your right hand, the other sit on your left hand, basically to be to be in between. And, and I understand a mother wants to, wants to promote their sons. A mother wants their sons to, to continue to grow and, and to be in the highest place possible. But Jesus answers very peculiarly where he says, you know, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? So, what is that cup that Jesus was about to drink? What is the baptism that Christ was about to go through? So we kind of see this in the Garden of Gethsemane when he's praying in Matthew chapter 26 and starting at verse 36. And the Bible says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said, to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Okay, so we have to understand here that the cup that was standing before Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was none other than the cup of the Lord, the cup that he had to take, the purpose that he had, which was ultimately to be crucified and to go into death and be buried and then resurrect on the third day. So then in, in verse 40, he says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Okay, so we have to understand here. So what is this cup? This cup is the cup of the Lord. And we're going to break down what the cup of the Lord is and what all is entailed in this. But I want to focus tonight on the drinking of the cup. Because ultimately Christ knew that the moment he that the cup that he had to drink of was his own crucifixion. It was the death that he was going to go to. He knew he was going to be beat. He knew he was going to have his side pierced. He knew he was going to give up the ghost on that cross. He knew that he was going to have to drag up that cross uphill, um, all the way up to Golgotha or the to, to where he was ultimately crucified. So understanding that he knew what was coming yet he goes out and he prays and he says lord 
if this cup can pass for me, basically, if there's any other way, then fine, let's do that. But if not, and this is not a half to drink of this cup, then let it be your will. And whatever your will is, is what we will do. So this was the cup that Jesus ultimately had to drink of and go forward with. So he knew and willingly gave up his life and willingly drank of the cup because it was the Father's will. Now, going back to Matthew chapter 20, though, Jesus said, you know, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup I am about to drink, which was, again, the crucifixion, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? So then what is this baptism that Jesus is talking about? So going back to Romans chapter 6 and starting at verse 1, the Bible says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death that Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. So understanding all of this, that the baptism of Jesus, the baptism that Jesus Christ was talking about was his actual burial. His burial in the the tomb of uh, Joseph of Arimathea and and basically being put into the ground ultimately so that he could be resurrected into into the newness and into the fullness of the resurrection of him. So here's the way that Paul put it in the book of Colossians chapter 2 and starting at verse 11. It says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith and the working of God. So Jesus is basically telling James and John here back in Matthew chapter 20, and he's basically saying, look, you have no idea what's about to happen. I just told you I'm going to be crucified. I just told you I'm going to be betrayed. I just told you that they're going to give me over to the Gentiles and that I'm going to be crucified and then I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again on the third day. But you don't understand the purpose that's happening here and you don't understand the cup that I am about to drink from. And you don't understand what's about to happen. So understanding all of this and understanding what had been placed before before Christ and understanding what had been placed before him, the cup that he had to drink of, Jesus says, I not nevertheless, not my will, Lord, but let it rather it's your will. Whatever your will is, Father, I'm going to do. But ultimately, in order to get to that place, we see Christ praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. In one part of the Gospels, it says that he was he was praying so hard and so earnestly that he was sweating blood, and that literally his precious blood was dropping to the ground off of him as he was sweating. So he was trembling at the thought and at the work that he was gonna have to do in partaking of the cup. Up. And then ultimately the wrath of God was poured out upon him whenever he was whenever he was crucified and he was hung on that tree, also that we could see the desolation that was left in those three days before, because you got to remember the disciples here. When they saw Jesus hanged on that cross, and when they saw him die, they thought it was over because they didn't perceive and remember what he had told, and they didn't necessarily believe that he was really going to raise up on the third day. Now I'm sure some of 
them did, but I know not all of them did at this point. So you have to understand there was desolation because they thought that, that this was gone and that this was over, only to be resurrected in the fullness of the redemption, in the fullness of the glorified Christ. And we're going to look at each of those pieces because all four of those pieces are all part of the cup of the Lord. Because we have to understand the process that Christ went through as he drank from this cup and as he drank the, from the cup that was set before him. So here's the other thing, though, too, is that each of us has a cup set before us. And each one of us has a work and a purpose in our lives and a cup that has been set that we have to drink of. And what is it that Jesus responds to them? Because James and John, the sons of Zebedee, in verse 22 of of Matthew chapter 20 said, they said to him, we are able, meaning they're able to drink from the cup and they're able to walk through the baptism that Jesus Christ is about to walk through. So here's what Jesus says to them. He said, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with my baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared by my Father. So here's what he says in that first part of verse, verse 23. He says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with my baptism that I am baptized with. So every single one of us is going to drink from the same cup that Jesus Christ drank from. The one that led to his crucifixion, the one that led to his burial and baptism in the burial, and ultimately to the resurrection and the newness of life. That is the only way to be resurrected into the newness of life and in the newness of Christ, is to drink from the cup of the Lord. To drink from the cup of the Lord means to walk according to the purpose, means to see your flesh die, means to see that things and the desires that you want die to the cross of Jesus Christ, so that ultimately we can resurrect into the newness here. But it is our purpose. It is the ultimate purpose. Are we willing to give our lives so that we may see the ultimate purpose of Christ be fulfilled in our lives? And that's a big question because he who will gain his life will surely lose it, but he who loses his life will surely gain it. So we have to understand here that the cup of the Lord applies to us as believers just as much as it applied to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he tells James and John here that, yeah, you're going to have to drink of this cup too. And guess what? We are no better and no worse than James and John. We're going to have to drink from that same exact cup if we want to see the fulfillment of Christ in our lives to truly be may be raised into the measure and the stature of who he is and what he is and to be pushed into what into the fullness of what it is to be in Christ. Amen. So you have to understand here that we are going to have our flesh die and we are going to be partakers of the cup of the Lord. Going to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 21, Paul says very clearly in talking about idols and going through a whole bunch of different things, he says this, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? So he was talking about here, now not all things 
or all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient is what he's getting at. But ultimately he's talking about here that you cannot be both carnally minded and spiritually minded. You cannot, you know, put, put, make your own thing, do your own thing, and then try and overlay God on top of it and make an idol out of it. Why? Because it is when we partake of God, when we partake of Christ, when we drink of the cup of the Lord, even around communion or anything else like that, we have got to understand that we are partaking for the purpose that God has in our life. Amen? So that's what you have to understand here. And here's the the other thing here, too, is that Jesus recognized that this was the will of God, right? And and even in the Garden of Gethsemane again, when Jesus is about to is being betrayed and about to be arrested in John chapter 18 starting at verse 1, this is what this is what what the Bible says. It says when Jesus had spoken these words, he went out with his disciples over the brook Kidron where the where there was a garden which he and his disciples entered. And Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place. For Jesus often met there with his disciples. Then Judas, having received a detachment of troops and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Whom are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I have told you that I am he. Therefore, if you seek me, let these go their way, that the saying might be fulfilled which he spoke, of those whom you gave me, I have lost none. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? So he knew and he understood exactly what was happening. He knew the cup that was set before him. He knew he had to partake of that cup. He knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to be betrayed and crucified. Yet he went forward anyway. Why? Because he told Peter, shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Amen. So the thing here is, though, our father has given us all cups. Every single one of us has a cup set before us regarding the purpose of our lives. Are we willing to go through the crucifixion of our flesh, to go through the trembling, the crucifixion, the desolation, the redemption of our flesh, of of who we are so that we can be remade in the newness of, of Christ and be a new creature in Christ so that we can ultimately fulfill our purpose. And that is the question before us all because we all have a choice and we all have free will because God has given that to us. We can either partake of his cup or we can go our own way and do our own thing and try and overlay God on top of it. But what you're doing at that point is you're raising an idol to yourself. Because what happened is that when they had idols in the Old Testament, man would make them of wood and of stone and they would overlay gold on top of it to represent the deity. And then they would begin to worship something of their own hands. That is no different than us. If we go against the will of God, then what happens is that we begin to build that idol of wood, we build that idol of stone, and we 
we try and overlay God on top of it, even though what we're doing isn't according to his will, and we have not drink from that cup that has been set before us, but rather we've gone our own way, built our own thing, and ultimately we are stand, sitting at its altar instead of the altar of God waiting for that cup, for us to drink that cup. We have to understand this part. And man, Christianity is not easy. Christianity is denying itself. Again, allow you to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him. You're taking your cross so that you can be crucified with Christ. Again, nevertheless, it's not going to be us that lives, but rather it's going to be Christ that lives within me. And all of this is so that we can all fit jointly into Christ and so that we can be one with Christ. And we're going to talk about that after we get through the cup portion. And we're going to really talk about the new creature and about what it is to be in the newness of Christ and who he is. Amen. But my question before you today is that are you willing to drink of the cup of the Lord the same way that he said that we will truly drink of that cup. Now we're going to break down the cup of the Lord in the subsequent subsequent episodes, but are you willing to do that? Are you willing to deny yourself and say, Lord, you know what? No matter what I want, it doesn't matter. I only want your will in my life and I only want to fulfill everything that you have for me, every single bit of it from A to Z. I want all of it fulfilled. Are we willing to drink from that cup? That's a question I can't answer for you. That is a question for you to answer prayerfully with Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit and the Father and to go to him and just say, look, you know, Lord, it's your life. I am the pearl of great price. My life is not my own, and I give it completely over to you. Oh, just if you don't do that, it doesn't mean that you're not going to be saved. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go to heaven. It doesn't mean you're not going to have all those things, right? But are you going to fulfill the purpose that he has? Because many are called, but very few are chosen. So understanding that scripture means that that even if you come to the knowledge of Christ, everyone has a calling, everyone has a purpose, but not everyone fulfills that purpose because not everyone is willing to lay down their life and give up what they want. I know of a man who has gone around the same mountain so many times that you could see a rut around that mountain. You could see a rut and it's so deep because he just refuses to give up that aspect of his self to go further with God. And he stays right where he's at. And you know what? He'll get to heaven and he'll, you know, he still believes in Jesus Christ. You know, he still listens, still prays, reads his Bible. It's all good, you know, from that standpoint, but he's not going to go any further. And that's the question because we have got to be able to go as far as we can with God because the further we go, the greater opportunity we have to reach reach others. Amen. And that's really the point. That is our great commission to go out and to witness to other people as the Lord leads us. And as we have have a leading in the spirit. Amen. But look, are we going to go? Are we going to, to do? And are we going to walk according to the things that are of the spirit? and not of the things that are of our carnality and of our own flesh. But in order to do that, we've got to give ourselves up. Amen. And we have to willfully drink from the cup of the Lord. Look, I hope you got something out of it. I hope you understand that we have a cup set before us that we all are going to have to drink from if we want to fulfill exactly what God has for us. And along those same lines, the song of the week this week comes from Toby Mac. It's on his 2015 album, This Is Not a Test. And the song is Till the Day I Die. 
great song. You know, the chorus goes till the wheels fall off till the spotlight phase. I will lift your banner high. I will lift your banner high Lord. And it's, it's just a great song. It's very appropriate for this because the question is going to be, are we all in? Right? Are we willing to drink from that cup? Are we willing to take it up and say, you know what, Lord? I know this is going to be bitter. I know this is going to be hard. I know exactly what's coming to me and that my flesh has to die, but I'm going to drink of it anyway because it is your will. And that is the example that Christ set for us. That is the example that we are to follow. And that is what we are to do. And then throw yourself back on that altar and say, Lord, whatever you got, Lord, it's you. It's always been you. Okay, so I hope you got something out of it. Next week, we're going to start breaking down the cup of the Lord, and we're going to focus on the cup of trembling. That's going to be the first part, and we're going to take a deep dive into the Garden of Gethsemane and what it was like for Christ, understanding what was coming, and and some of the other things that were happening at that time. So, But again, until next time, just remember the simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.